On the morning of Saturday, May 31st, 2014, in the safe and sleepy town of Waukesha, Wisconsin, Greg Steinberg went for a leisurely bike ride. The day was sunny and clear, it was almost time for schools to let out for summer, and the air buzzed with the feelings of good times to come. That is until Mr. Steinberg turned down a little trail on Big Bend Road and saw something that would rocket their small community into the public eye for years to come. 12-year-old Peyton Leitner lay bleeding in the grass from what we would later find out were 19 stab wounds. Mr. Steinberg called 911 and officers quickly arrived on the scene. The first to arrive was Officer Dan Klein, who approached Peyton and gently said, Who did this to you? Peyton looked up at Officer Klein and replied, My best friend. I'm Holly. And I'm Leslie. And And we would be dead. creepy yeah spooky opener so hi leslie hi holly this is exciting this is super exciting it's our first time doing this yes just want to give us a little caveat we won't go bananas but like this is our first one yep uh so we're gonna talk about um scary sad story yeah (laughs) um i know nothing about this so i'm pretty pretty uh, terrified she knows some key points (laughs) and what we're gonna be talking about in a little bit but like the whole case is gets to be a surprise, so that'll be fun. This one is pretty unique because both the victim and the perpetrators are 12 years old. Um, I was probably still playing with my Polly Pockets at 12 years old. 100% yes. 12-year-old is, like, is a child. Yeah, Far more sure. of a child than we like to think of it as. They're not in high school. They're not cool teens. They're little babies. Yeah. My, I don't even think my mom gave me a sharp knife yet. <laughs> Well, these to, these know, girls vegetables. One hundred percent had a sharp knife. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, I, I did not know where they were. They were very classy. <laughs> <laughs> so shortly after Peyton's discovery and subsequent rescue, officers picked up Anissa Wire and Morgan Geiser, who were just as twelve years old as Peyton was. And the girls quickly confessed to the stabbing. There was no, like, coercing information out of people. Mm, Okay. She said, my best friend stabbed me. These are their names. They found them. They were like, we just stabbed a girl. Everything is, I guess, on the up and up at this point. Probably not the first thing I would say. No. I don't know. I guess at 12. super scared and 12. Yeah. You might be like, yeah, that was me. I gotta go. Sorry, Mom. (laughs) so sad i know this is really sad okay i know this one's very very sad okay. and i thought we i thought i picked like a nice light case for our yeah, first one and i 100 percent happen failed at that yeah. so that's fine we're gonna go into it anyway <clears throat> so the girls were separated and questioned extensively by detectives and a very interesting part about wisconsin law is that parents are not allowed to be present when their kids are being questioned because um kids self-edit in front of their parents they're more afraid of what their parents might think than the cops are gonna think oh that's so weird because i watch other documentaries where 
when there isn't a parent involved or somebody mm-hmm. in the room with the kids, then that's when they think the cops can change their stories. Right. They, they feel like they're coercing them to say things. Yeah. So I guess there's both sides to that. I guess state laws differ, but Wisconsin, they think that, you know, being in front of your parents might make you less likely to be truthful because you're afraid of what your parents will think of you. More like, you know, you can arrest me, but please don't tell my mom. Yeah. That kind of mentality. That would be the worst. I don't want to disappoint her. <laughs> but that, that's the thing. It's like, the worst. You don't want to disappoint your mom, but like, you might be arrested. Yeah. Somehow the one that's worse seems better. I don't know. Morgan was interviewed by Detective Thomas Casey, um, and he asked her, you know, the standard questions, why did you do this? Her response was, it was necessary. Ooh. That is dark. That is super dark. <laughs> I know. And she has this way of speaking. It's really calm and really monotone and light. So she sounds just very like, it was necessary. I had to do it. I don't like this. It makes it much more unsettling. I don't like it says. <laughs> and, and you know, everyone talks the way they talk. That's great. But And they did a... so. Because you watch some of the documentary, right? Yes, a lot of my facts come from the documentary because it shows the direct police interviews with the girls and interviews their parents. So that's yeah. like... I'm, I'm going to have to watch that after this. After this, 100% watch it. <laughs> or I might not need to. I might not want to. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see what's see. happening. You never know. I, everyone should watch it. It's called... What is it called? I don't even remember. Hold on. Papers shuffling. <laughs> Papers, papers, papers. I don't want to get the name of it wrong. It's called Beware the Slender Man, and it's uh, an HBO documentary. It's not Netflix. I thought it was Netflix. It took me a really long time to find it because I didn't remember it accurately. But anyway, yes, watch the documentary. It's awesome. Her other responses, besides it was necessary, was, I didn't want to do this. I was afraid of what would happen if I didn't. Oh, Right, I know, super dark. Um, she said that she had to kill Bella or a man would kill her family. I'm going to take a pause right now because the girls call Peyton Bella. I don't know why. There was never a single explanation as to why that was her nickname. I feel like 2014 was like peak <laughs> Twilight. Yeah, for sure. So. That's, that's absolutely what it was. So that's- um, I, I actually, when I worked at... Uh, a restaurant in college we had to get name tags and oh, no. <laughs> you can put whatever name on it you want and <laughs> i definitely put bella on mine <laughs> so i feel like i'm pretty good in my assumption that that I was am, like a twilight yeah name. she got to be like the pretty girl then good for her i know she was probably gorgeous she, was, but she, she is she's very pretty girl oh. um and the te- detective asks who is he do you know him because she simply said that a man would come after her family. She then said that he watches them. Ooh. Right. So okay. the cops think, oh, there's a stalker or someone who is threatening them. Mm-hmm. This is just the beginning of a greater case. Um, to which Morgan responds, Anissa knows him. Okay. Okay. So then we're going to talk about Anissa's initial interview. Uh, Morgan also blamed it all on her. She said it was Anissa's idea. Anissa planned the event. She explained that they had to do it. Morgan says she never wants to see Anissa again. So it's very much that it was Anissa's idea, and Morgan went along for the ride. So she says, 
all of this information is super vague too. We don't really get like exactly what's going on. Okay. So then Anissa's initial interview is by Detective Michelle Trussoni. I'm so sorry if I pronounce her name incorrectly, but there was no guide on how to pronounce it. Uh, and she asked the same question. Why did you do this? But Anissa immediately jumps into a description. Ooh. She, yeah. She doesn't say anything else. She starts with, ready. he can be anywhere from 8 to 14 feet tall. Okay. Now, the man is a yeah. little... <laughs> Little, that's that's a little that's less a, a real man. Yeah. <laughs> he is faceless and white. He has tendrils that can come out of his back and attack. He kills children. What? Great. Right. Yeah. So they're um, justifiably so confused. So is it your neighbor? <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Everyone has that one neighbor yeah. that's eight to fourteen oh, feet tall. We know him. That's that guy Fred down the street. He's so so weird. Yeah. He and gets that, custom coats. <laughs> he, there's no choice. No. And Detective Trussoni asked, who is this? Because we all want to know who that is. And Anissa answers, Slender Man. Title of the thing. Underline it. (laughs) (laughs) So she goes on to describe how she found him on a website called Creepy Pasta Wiki. And it's read by a lot of... uh, There's a very lot of, like, really real-seeming accounts. And she read all of them. There's a lot of descriptions of people having seen him and mm-hmm. been stalked by him. So it seems incredibly real, especially to an impressionable child. Yeah, for sure. Anissa then goes on to say, once you know about him, he can always find you. Oh, I know. It's so creepy. It's like an on switch. Like, oh, so... I read about him. So now he can track me always everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. Hate that. Terrible. She claims that Morgan said she saw him when she was five, and they both dream of him. So Anissa suggests that they become Slenderman's proxies, which are his trusted, protected servants. So if you're his proxy, you get to live with him in his Slender Mansion. And in their version of it, it is in Nicolette State Forest, which is in Wisconsin. And turns out that that place is like 45 miles from where they were. It's not close. You can't walk to it, but they were going to (laughs) try. They're kids. They're right. children. Yeah. They have no concept of how far away things are. Well, sounds beautiful. Right. Nicolette's Day Forest. A little small. A yeah. little thin. Yeah, but... you know, a little slender. So Anissa states that the way they have to prove themselves to Slender Man and become one of his proxies is to kill someone. That's, yeah, that's cool. a good way to... Right. And she, to she wanted to prove the skeptics wrong. So they plotted over time... To kill their only other friend in the world. This is so sad. I know. I picked the saddest <laughs> thing. This is so sad. It's, it's true, breaking though. my heart. I know. Well, let's let's switch gears then. Okay. Let's talk about Slenderman. Okay. Yes. I can do that. I know. You have lots and lots of information, and I'm excited <laughs> for you to talk for a little bit. I'm going to give you, like, a couple little bullet points, and then I'm going to toss it over to Leslie. Um, and you can interject, too. So Anissa mentions that she found him from Creepy Pasta wiki yes and do you know what a creepypasta is I don't tell us what a creepypasta is let me is. tell you what a creepypasta is so creepypasta is a subgenre of copypasta which is a slang term for copy and paste or copy paste uh content copypasta copypasta <laughs> so it's really just any content usually it was like 
text boxes or text blocks that were just shared over and over again. And so like uh, primitive memes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got it. And they would obviously go viral. Um, there, it was hard to trace their origins for most of them. They were usually never cited, which is the most annoying thing about the <sighs> internet when they don't yep. cite their sources. Especially when everything is fictional. Yes. <laughs> Um, and sometimes they'd be changed. So some people would, if it was a story oriented thing, they might say that this happened to them or just some, I mean, for copy pastas, a lot of them were sometimes humorous or kind of troll related things, things that were like spam, you know, did they have an element of like share or else? Yeah. They, some of them had that. Um, but some of them were just almost like urban legends where before the internet, we would just say things, you know, through speech, like pass it down word of mouth. Right. Um, but then once we got the internet, we could put it online and then it was copy and paste. And sometimes people might edit it and you just didn't really know. It Let's just all kind of sounded and familiar. see what sticks, like pasta on the just, ceiling. Exactly. <laughs> which Holly never did. No, I didn't. I didn't know that she, was a real thing, which we should explain. Like some people test to see if their pasta noodles are finished cooking by tossing them on the ceiling and seeing if they yeah. stick. Which I thought was just something your parents did with you when you were a kid, but then we also found out that just adults do this as a yep. way to test their pasta yep. every it's time. It's a real thing that people do. I had yeah. never heard. I, I mean, have a friend I think who it does adds it. a little fun to your life. <laughs> and noodles to your ceiling. Yeah. Because how do you get them down if they just stick? Well, I think your friend especially has a really tall husband. So he probably just picks it off the ceiling. Not tall enough for their high ceilings. No. They just have noodle ceilings, I guess. Noodle ceilings. <laughs> it's like it's popcorn ceiling, but yeah, noodles. noodles. Nice. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> Ew. Eventually anyway. they just drop off. <laughs> Ugh. So gross. Ew. I've got noodles in my hair. Oh, no. <laughs> so anyway, so copy, that was copy pastas. Right. So and then, then they got creepy. Then they got creepy. Any story that was kind of meant to scare the reader, um, even if it was just an image or a video, it was just meant to scare and disturb. So the internet was super cute with their terms and they called it creepy pasta. Oh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so creepy pasta is then a, a scary story that is almost meme worthy and gets passed on. Yeah. Okay. Which really gives a lot more ammunition to any kind of urban legend than we had when we were growing up because you can spread it to millions of people at once as opposed to just like your friends. Right. Well, it also reminds me of like when we would share ghost stories as Mm -hmm. kids and, you know, we might hear the same ghost story even if we're living in different states or different time, you know, whenever, Mm -hmm. but those stories would just get passed down maybe a little different each time, but they were all reminiscent of the same story, which then made you feel like they were real. The but sometimes girl you're with the red ribbon around her neck? Yeah. Yeah, that was... <laughs> no, thank you. If we're you good. know. If you know, you know. I have to drive home tonight. I'm good. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. I just had yeah. to scare you real fast. <laughs> so Slender Man originated as a creepypasta then. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's why all of his stats are pretty universal. Mm -hmm. So here's what we know. And he always looks the same. He's very tall, 8 to 14 feet tall, as we found out. (laughs) It's just a wide berth, but always the same thing. Yes. Great. Uh, He's very slender, obviously. Mm -hmm. Keeps in shape. Yeah, keeps it. Mm -hmm. Keeping it fit. Like a skeleton. Yeah. He wears a black suit. Very nicely tailored, dapper mm-hmm. black suit with a white shirt and tie. His skin is stark white, 
Um, and he has no face. No, no face no at face. all. Whew, I hate that part. He has um, like long, thin fingers too. Yeah. And like, kind of like tentacles, I think. Well, like the, tentacle he fingers. He has a back full of tentacles. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> he also has, some people call them tendrils, which to me is little pieces of wisps of hair or something. I don't see them as like legit things that grow out of your body. Right, but like wouldn't they, what are, oh, like spider, like the legs of a spider, what are those called? Those are legs. Oh. They're just legs. <laughs> no, don't they have a name? They have to have a name. They're called legs. There has to be like a Latin name for them. Whatever just is Latin legs, for just legs. legs. <laughs> so he has a back full of legs. A bunch of legs. <laughs> with well, little feet on them. Oh, God. No, they don't have any feet. They're more like... There's no feet. They're more no. like tentacles. But I don't... But they like grab like... Yeah, legs. like a tentacle can. I guess so, yeah. Like an octopus's tentacle is almost prehensile. Not prehensile, but it, it can... It, articulates it can grab things yeah okay so it's the same you. thing like an octopus grows out of his back and it can grab you yeah so it's kind of like cthulhu <laughs> yeah okay yeah that's a good one absolutely every everybody's gross and weird yeah in this yeah. world <laughs> <laughs> and he uses these tendrils or tentacles or whatever you want to call them legs <laughs> he uses his back full of legs to grab children that he wants to abduct oh geez it's horrible yeah, yeah. he's like a child snatcher yeah uh, but the weird thing is, is he doesn't usually hurt the children. He threatens to hurt their family or he'll hurt their family or kill their family, but he just takes them away. Mm. Okay. They just don't return. They're gone. Right. I think, isn't there like a, like a universe or something, another right, so dimension? You, you knew more about where he goes and comes yeah, from. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, so my, my children, when they were younger this had to have been so slender man i think came out of a there was like a photo contest that the creepy pasta sites did and that was 2009 Nine, right yeah. yeah and so there was this really creepy photo which on our instagram you can see yes yep um and that was i mean it's a very terrifying photo of like this weird he's on a playground man. yeah he's on a playground and there's like a mom i think there's like a mom grabbing her child just like walking away like they're oh. gonna go home and then there's just children in the background like holding this weird man's hand i think is how it the is the one that i saw that was the that i saw was the original one it's like children on a slide in the foreground they're like oh. climbing up the ladder of a slide and then in the background there are trees and you can just barely make the oh, figure yeah, out that's standing creepy. there it's so creepy there's a lot of them though there's yeah, so there's many so pictures. many so many so it came out of that and then around i think it was like the next year so like 2010 there were maybe some like more stories starting to come out mm -hmm. but uh, my kids were really young so probably around 2012 is when there was a video game that right. came out and I think they knew maybe an older boy or somebody that was, that played the game. So <sighs> they had learned. Yeah. And they, I mean, my oldest one is just scared of everything. The younger one likes to be scared, but he was still too young to really understand it. So they would always have a hard time sleeping, thinking of Slender Man, which is caught, you know, my fiance and I needed to Kind of learn a little bit about this guy just right. to see what we were working you with. Know, you want to know what your kids are afraid of and what they're into yeah. and all of those things. Absolutely. To be fair, my daughter has barely heard of him, and she mentioned him one time, and she <laughs> called him Slenderman. <laughs> like, a, like a lawyer. 
Slender. Yeah. It's perfect. That's how I say it every time now. Oh, the Slenderman. Yes. The Slendermans Mm -hmm. just moved into town. They're very creepy. Yeah. (laughs) So creepy. But yeah, so now recently, you know, jump to recent years, Mm -hmm. they... My older son actually loves creepy pastas now. So when you're older, you yeah. So and I think he was just trying to fight his fear. So him and his friends were Aww. really just getting into them, and so they he tells me all about them. I so I know that. a lot more than I need to I love about that. this guy. That's why we like Halloween because it's scary, but you like that like sensation of being scared. That's fun. There's a yeah, fun part of it. Yeah, but I don't like that. I like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> this is probably a terrible podcast for me to be doing. I don't like jump scares, though. Yeah. I don't like to be startled. Okay. I like to be creeped out. I like suspense, mm. not like, yeah. gross. Anyway, there's a difference, <laughs> I swear. <clears throat> so he abducts children. We got that part. <laughs> the, this also says he can communicate telepathically, which I hate so much. Yeah, well, that's because he can't speak. He doesn't have a mouth. Oh. So he has to, yeah. That's a very good point that I did not put yeah. together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's all through. And because um, I guess we'll get probably, I'm sure you'll get into this more, but a lot of the people he goes after, especially if it's his, like, proxy people, Ugh. they will generally have some sort of mental disorder. So they oh. might have, like, split personality. So a lot of times... I, you could probably speak to this more, but sometimes they can hear voices and mm-hmm. things like that. So that's, um, yeah, he's always going after somebody with some sort of mental illness. Anybody with like visual or auditory hallucinations would latch right Absolutely. onto that. Absolutely. Yeah. Ugh, that's... Mm-hmm. And anytime he gets, if you do actually see him, mm-hmm. if he's getting closer to you, he, it's kind of staticky. So you oh, don't yuck. see, you never really see him. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know he went out of focus. I don't care yeah. for that at all. Yeah. It's not fun. And the phrase that Anissa used, once you know about him, he always watches you. Yes. He loves to stalk. And it's just an on switch. All you have to do is know about him. Yes. As soon as you know that he exists, Mm -hmm. he just watches you. Yeah. Or if you come into contact, I think, with like a relic or something. Ooh. Yeah. That's like another thing. That's uh. What are his relics? See, that's where I'm not too sure. I know there was, um, I remember my son telling me about some sort of cube that was out somewhere. And so when I asked him, I was like, oh, is this like based off of a real cube? Because now I'm trying to find out like, are you know, are people trying to find this thing? So Can I he, find it? I know. Where see, is it? That's like, like his story gets really interesting as people start to flush it out so where weird. you wonder if it's based on real facts. So there's this cube that is, I guess, part of his essence or something. So if you get closer to <laughs> it, gross. you can, you know, that that alerts him mm-hmm. and he might start stalking you. So it just lives, like, buried in the woods or it's something? It's not even buried. It's just kind of, oh, I, the way it was described was just open and it's this huge, it's a huge structure, but it's kind oh, of God. a cube-like structure. So essentially, it's a sensor. And if yeah. you go near it, he is in some way alerted. He's some way alerted where it's also, it's weird because I think it's where he draws a lot of power from, but then also where you can destroy it. Like people believe maybe from that area, you can also destroy him because somehow you have to get him out. Cause you never see him. This sounds like part of a video game. Some of it's a video game, but this is all part of so the online stuff. Got yeah. It. So weird. Oh, and he lives in the woods Yeah, from everything I've gathered. He's from 
well, I don't know where he's from, but he right. landed in the woods. That's just where he yeah, exists. Yeah, seems like where most of the stuff seems to in happen. wooded areas because there's things mm-hmm. with trees. I read a couple stories where he nails people to trees or parts of oh them. I know, God. gross. Yeah. Super gross. Yeah. Uh, and that was part of the game too, right? You found signs on, on trees. Yeah. There what was were, the game called? Uh, eight, the Eight Pages. Okay. Yeah, and from the sound of it, it wasn't, there wasn't too much to the game. It was just you had to find these eight pages and you mm-hmm. had to do it before he got to you so and he would give you if you did better i think you got like medicine to not get as sick Hmm. but it was like through it you just kept getting sicker and sicker because of his presence oh i don't like that at all i don't like any of that yeah it's not fun so you mentioned he makes you sick yeah so there uh so it's called the sickness or Slender Man Sickness. Down with the sickness. Down with the sickness. <laughs> I'm a youth. I know things. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's really... Uh, so, basically, I think he, he is radioactive of some sort. So, Ugh. when you're... When he decides to stalk you, you are then in the presence of radioactivity. And, but you don't know, you, you're not aware that he's actually stalking you yet because you can't see him. You don't know if he's around. He's just very mysterious. It's just that, mm-hmm. that kind of, you know, radioactivity is around you. So, or radiation, I guess is what it is. Um, so you might start to get coughing fits. You might start coughing blood. Ugh. Um, there's, people have said it's might cause paranoia or amnesia. I think um, I have paranoia now. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. And obviously anxiety. It's a lot of crazy symptoms. And the uncomfortable thing is, like, when I was reading about this more, it literally just sounded like cancer. Ooh. And that was that was just a weird thing because I guess he would make you sicker. And then the whole point of it was he either wanted to make you his proxy, like make you part of his group. Okay. Um, he might have just done it out of pure curiosity for really no reason or he also might just want to kill you um or and i guess as you said with some of the kids like he might just take them to another area Mm -hmm. and save them i guess from i don't know what because he sounds terrible well he has been described as possibly a villain or a savior right in some of the mythos uh they describe him as someone who steals children because he wants to Help them escape the horrors of life. Oh, just the most dramatic teenager thing right. ever in the world. I know. And I guess if you're a little kid, you feel like everything's the worst. Oh, life is so dramatic. Yeah. Save me, Slender Man. <laughs> However, I guess, you know, some kids who don't really have a lot going on for them, that could be seen as something yeah. they latch onto. Mm-hmm. So that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so people really believe in this sickness. That was. That was kind of a weird thing to find through some of the, like the fandom sites. I read some of those yeah. boards. So, and I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if they were just playing along or not. But I, I like honestly think that they were believing in it, and I think that's what makes him so scary because he, you know, you can't see him, and all of a sudden, you know, especially for somebody that might just start feeling sick and they can't find out why. Well, that's they a might, real thing. Yeah, that's exactly a real that's thing. That's called the Barnum effect. Ooh, like okay, P.T. Barnum. He mm. loved himself a fake. The Barnum effect is when you can attribute something 
just normal in your life that might happen to something else. This is very vague. I'm sorry. So, wait. I have a much better description for that. <laughs> that is something called the Barnum effect, which is finding significant meaning in the insignificant. Ooh. Yeah. Right. So, just like P.T. Barnum, because he <laughs> loved some fakes. <laughs> well, well, how that would relate is maybe you just have a cold, or it's winter and it's really dry, so your nose bleeds a little, or you have a tickle in your throat, so you cough, and you attribute anything to slender sickness. Yeah. Their symptoms are things you could, you could just have. It could just happen. And if your mind is preset to want to believe that's what's happening, then you'll attribute everything to it. Right. Sniffle, sniffle. Oh, mm. Slender Man. There he is. You oh, know, yeah. anything so that's wrong crazy. with you, you can loop it back in. And it's part of his mythology that that's true. Mm-hmm. So if you think that's true, that is just confirmation for you. Right. We all love confirmation mm-hmm. when it comes to stuff that is very nebulous and mythology based. <laughs> so did the girls experience that or were they trying not to? No, they actually did not have any of the sickness. That okay. That was something I learned about through your research, actually, on Slenderman. I Mm -hmm. had never heard about that part before. So it sounds more like they probably, like you said, they wanted to be his proxies. They did. Can you explain to us what a proxy is? Yeah, so Slenderman's proxies were, um, they would basically be doing his bidding. um, And they would do them probably to not get the sickness, is oh. really probably why. See, um, what I read was that it was an it offered protection. If you were a yeah. proxy, he wouldn't hurt your family mm-hmm. or stalk you or anything, and you could go live with him in his slender mansion. Right. Well, what's interesting is because his actual. So I'll go on a really quick side tangent That's on this. Right. So he has uh, two. I think there's two main proxies that he has in his storylines. Mm-hmm. There's Masky and Hoodie. And there's just these, I know, they're just these like two regular guys. They were filmmakers together. And then I think they came upon something that caused Slender Man to uh, start stalking them. But he decided that he wanted to make them as proxies because they had split personality disorders. And so I think Maskey is a little bit, um, you almost feel more sorry for him because he is completely split. So he has no idea when he is doing Slender Man's bidding, which is he's always killing somebody. I truly hate that mental illness is looped into this. I know. I hate that it's Mm -hmm. a weakness that he exploits. Yeah. Which will come back later. I know. So I'm like, I, I don't know. Is there any other questions you have about Slenderman? Because I want to hear more about this story. <laughs> um, I'm just going to kind of rope in a little bit of a synopsis of what we said just to put a nail in this coffin. So he has been described as a globalized project to create a myth. Yes. So basically the internet got together and they all told a scary story. Mm-hmm. Everyone added a little bit here or there. You added what you were afraid of. It was like Hands of America. <laughs> Hands across America? Yes. America's hands. A lot of legs. (laughs) So many appendages in this story. (laughs) So good. So they all came, everyone comes together online and they create this scary story. And mythology has always been that way. People tell a story and then another person retells it. But having the internet 
made it way bigger. So basically anything that you are afraid of, anything, any, any, anything, has already been covered by him. Yeah. You can find it. So it will scare you no matter what. He creates, we just discussed, he creates proxies, which are his like foot minions. soldiers, his minions that will do his bidding, and he provides them protection. He stalks people. He speaks telepathically because he doesn't have a mouth, which I hate so oh. much. He can come into your in your dreams. He makes you sick. And also, what we didn't discuss but just touched upon was that he inspired a bunch of video games. Yes. So a lot of his story also comes from people playing these games online. There are reaction videos. There are... Um, Love a good reaction video. I know. And it's mostly little kids, though, oh which God, I... It's horrible. I, know. I hate it so much. It's no good. But there are a lot <laughs> of YouTubers that kind of exploited that. Mm -hmm. There are also really hilarious YouTube videos of people that wanted to, like, make it like he really was coming after them. The German yeah. guys are my favorite. Mm -hmm. You can look them up, do it. Yeah, I think they have a virtual reality game. Oh, I didn't too. know about that one. Yeah, I think... Um, Chris was telling me about that. It was... Ugh. I yeah, don't want any part of that. Yeah. So you could actually turn around and he oh, and would be there behind you or something. With yeah, his it was, back full it of legs. Tear, yeah. With his <laughs> back full of legs. He'd tap you on the shoulder with, with one, one of his, of his legs. <laughs> He's, that's... Yeah. Ugh. He just needed his shoes tied. He also shows up in other video games. My kids play Minecraft and Roblox and I know oh, that there right. are certain things with them where he's like a mod or an add-on yeah uh so he's pretty pervasive mm -hmm. online in general so that was just an overview to go back and kind of cover what we didn't cover so to a lot of people Slenderman is an urban legend a sleepover game a boogeyman morgan and anisa's parents even mentioned thinking that he was just harmless scary fun and i feel like that's something that we can all relate to because every generation has boogeyman Absolutely. Yeah. And games you played at a sleepover. Yeah. Oh, like Bloody Mary. Like Bloody Mary and Candyman. I Man. never wanted to do it. You know, <laughs> always best to not. Yeah. Because what happens if actually your eyes started bleeding or you saw Bloody Mary? What Wait, your would we eyes do? started bleeding in isn't, your version? Isn't that how no, it works? Not mine. You have to look at, for anybody who doesn't know, and I cannot believe there is anybody who doesn't know, you were supposed to look in the mirror with the lights off and say Bloody Mary three times, and then she would appear and, like, stab you or something. Oh. But apparently in Leslie's version, your eyes bleed? Well, yeah, because her eyes were bloody, so I thought that my what? eyes would be bloody. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens. Her eyes are bloody, too. She was just bleeding. Ugh. Like, crying tears. Oh, my blood God. Tears. You got a way more graphic Yeah, so that's why of the I story. was just like, we are not going to play this game, because what if it came true? Also, that is a prime example of a myth evolving with time. Yeah. Because I didn't get that. Oh, yeah. I didn't get any of that, and you did. Or maybe I just thought that's what would happen, <laughs> and I was like, guys, we cannot play this game. Well... Now it's canon. <laughs> Who's going to tell your parents if I'm bleeding out of Sorry. my eyes? Now Bloody Mary has bloody eyes, whether you knew that or not before. Yeah. It's true now. <laughs> Terrible. Cool. Anyway. You've, you've terrified a generation of people. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Love it. There are other ones, um, and there's some now. Like yeah. my children got um, think papers sent home about Momo. Oh. The scary bird lady. I actually, I don't know anything about oh, God. this. Well, she is a Japanese sculpture. They took oh, a picture okay. of, and then they said, this is a, like you, it was an app, like you could call it and it would call you back. 
and MoMA would tell you to do horrible things, like self-injurious things. And there were instances of it actually happening, like bullying and and stuff like that, where she would tell you to like kill yourself or hurt yourself or hurt others. Oh, it's so terrible. Right. It's really scary. But there's not a super lot of confirmation on it actually happening. There's a couple of stories where they said, yes, people were influenced to do sort of injurious things. But again, it's very nebulous. It's just a big, scary myth. Okay. And I'm sure... Anyone who listens to this is going to write us a ton of letters about how Momo is terrible, and I underestimated it. So yep. if I'm wrong, that's great, and, and you can tell me, and I'm here tell to Tell us in it. our comments. <laughs> Go to our group page. Like and subscribe. <laughs> that's not a thing. Yeah. I don't know. No, no, that is. It yeah. is a thing. Uh, my, my daughter also had Siri at 3 a.m., like the 3 a.m. challenge is a thing on this, YouTube. Yeah, this is so terrifying. It's awful. It's super awful. You're supposed to FaceTime Siri at 3 a.m., which... I don't even know how you FaceTime Siri. The one video I watched, which is like the stupidest thing I've ever seen, was a guy who said like, Siri, what's your phone number? And her phone number was 666-666-6666. Oh my God. I know. I know. We went for area code and everything. And he FaceTimes it and it's this terrifying face. Another kid made a video that that linked Siri at 3 a.m. to the Illuminati and the government and stuff. Yeah, it's bananas. So that's another one that really went nuts. So we all have kind of things we can relate back to on that. And everyone likes to be scared. We all believed in these scary stories. Oh, you don't like to be scared? I hate being scared. I feel like a little bit you might like it. I don't really. I don't know why I endure this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, everyone except Leslie likes to be scared. (laughs) And believes these stories to an extent. But there's always that little piece in the back of your head that says, yeah. oh, this isn't real. It's, right. it's a story. It's fun. It's fun to be mm-hmm. with your friends. It's, it's fun to be spooked. See? It is fun. You know. <laughs> but for many people, the Slender Man story is, is different and more believable. Because yeah. it's so... It encompasses so much. Yeah. So that kind of sets it apart from the rest of our little boogeymen. Who just were yeah. one thing. They, mm-hmm. they did one scary thing. They told you to be, do bad things. They bled out of their eyes. <laughs> None of it's good. Terrible. But Slender Man is everything. So we've gone through all of his mythology and done our best to explain Slender Man as a phenomenon. But still, most people inherently just know that that isn't real. And yet the internet is populated with a group of people who fervently do believe it's real. And yeah. one has to wonder what kind of person could believe that hard yeah as it turns out a very specific type of person believes those things Mm, tell me about it okay so in general terms people who subscribe to the slender man mythology don't have a whole lot of friends and the internet is where they find relevance yeah and companionship and and meaning and so they will latch on to lore like that because it it feels real and accepting to them Okay. So, back to Morgan and Anissa, because they... Yes, I need to know. I know. Okay, I'm getting there. (laughs) We had to talk about Slenderman for like a super long time first. (laughs) It would be less long (laughs) post-editing. This is our first time. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So, Morgan and Anissa did not have many friends. In fact, one could say that until they found each other, they didn't have any friends. So sad. Um, so in the documentary, we get to see interviews with Morgan and Anissa's parents and teachers and things like that. And uh, first, we'll have we'll go for Morgan, her mom Angie, 
who I love, by the way. Angie's my homegirl. She's super cute. Shout out to Angie. I know. I love you, Angie. You have a cute little voice, and you're a sweet, angel, wonderful parent, and I I love you. You can be my mom. Um, She describes Morgan as quirky and a loner, a person who just didn't care what anyone thought. She did her own thing, marched to the beat of her own drummer. She was very into fantasy and science fiction. She had a great big imagination. But there were a few things she said that, to me, read as red flags. They would never be red flags when I was talking about my own child. Never. I want to make that very clear. I do not think her, there, any of these parents should have seen this coming. I don't think that their family dynamic was that the children were neglected in any way. Absolutely not. They were great families. Okay. Are great families. Goodness gracious. They're, mm. they're still here. <laughs> um, but some of the things she said was that Morgan had like a lack of empathy. Her mom describes that they went to see Bambi in the movie theater which we all know can be kind of traumatic because Bambi's mom dies and most kids are... Yeah. I was pretty traumatized by it. Yeah, absolutely. I bawled. Oh my gosh, I cried for like hours. It was terrible. (laughs) Why did you take me to this, mother? (laughs) I know. It doesn't get that much better. Like that sticks with you forever. (laughs) Yes. But that was not the case with Morgan. Mm -hmm. When Bambi's mother got shot, she said, Bambi, save yourself. And she was just very concerned for Bambi escaping and didn't really have that sadness that we universally all feel. So that was something her mom remembered, and, and rightfully so. She had an attachment to fantasy. Like, she believed in the in make-believe until a little older. Her mom said she believed in Santa until she was 11, which, like, me too, girl. I know, yeah. That does not seem that old to me. No. Be a kid for as long as you can. Hold on to your kidness. I know. Also, you get more presents. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, believe in Santa forever, you guys. She also had a past of a past record of of seeing and being tormented by ghosts. Ooh, that's different. Yeah, we will come back to that. But just, like, remember I said it. And a history of friendlessness, which is so sad, and I hate it so much, until Anissa came along. Bella, remember, our girl Twilight, Yes, was her only friend. They met on the bus in kindergarten and didn't begin spending time together until fourth grade because Bella saw that she was alone all the time. So sweet. I know. I know. She sounds like a really great girl. She is. Lots. We're going to give a lot of love to Peyton later because she's amazing. Uh, and then we go to Anissa. Her dad speaks first. Who This man breaks my heart so hard. It's unbelievable. He describes her pink bedroom... It's full of stuffies and sparkly pink little girl things, which will just set the scene to how much they they are children. Right. He talks about her loyal cat, how much she loves choir. She obviously has very loving and attentive parents who prioritize family time. However, they were divorced. I don't have any uh, info on exactly when they divorced, but it was not when she was a baby. It was old enough for her to be cognizant okay. of the situation happening. And it was before all of this yes. happened? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And her mother observed that things changed for her when she got her iPad. The dreaded iPad. Oh, tech, tech, tech. Every parent has this love-hate relationship with tech where you want to take it away because it's such a judgy thing. Yeah. But kids love it. I know. And that's how they learn. I know. And a lot of it is educational or just games. Like, I don't care if my son's playing Mario. Right. But there's also such a very frightening side to it. Yeah. Her mother said that Anissa would spend increasing and large amounts of time closed up in her room with her iPad. And she was always online. She was always surfing the web, which... 
my daughter, if she's online, she's somewhere where I can look over her shoulder. Right. She is not allowed to be online alone. She's eight, by the way. Yeah. But still, <laughs> that's not a thing. And then I think the most interesting piece of information the doc the documentary gives on Anissa's past is from her teacher. Her teacher says that Anissa was, quote, always an outlier. Hmm. That she had no connection to other students and cried almost daily. That's so sad. I know. This is very sad. He describes her as socially isolated. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she was like just... She just had a hard time. She did, and she was very much alone a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And again, this both situations are just ripe for latching on to an ideology yeah. that would bring you closer to other people or or take you away from the situation that makes you sad. I mean, all of his stuff kind of checks in there. So Morgan and Anissa met in sixth grade when Anissa switched schools. And their bond was immediately strong. Morgan introduced Anissa to Bella, or Peyton, and the three spent a lot of time together. In turn, Anissa introduced Morgan to creepy pastas and Slender Man. And the two of them talked about him incessantly. It became an obsession, and their obsessions fed each other until it became a very, very real fear they had. And then they made a plan. Oof. I know. It's okay. So I'm going to go through the events of this, of the actual crime. Yes, because I need to know. I okay. need to know what's happening. I know. Leslie doesn't know any of these events. She knew a lot of the lead up, but she doesn't know any of these. I just so knew Slender Man was involved and I okay. need to understand. <laughs> okay. So on the evening of Friday, May 30th, the girls decided that they would have a sleepover for Morgan's birthday. Now, Morgan and Anissa planned this all out. They planned that they were going to kill Peyton on this day, and they had planned it for months. This is months coming to fruition. So they planned this birthday party. And poor Peyton, like, so unsuspecting at this point. She thinks she's going to a, a fun night. And it's a sleepover. So fun. Best times of my life. I know. So good. We love sleepovers. So the first they go skating. Great. Then they go back to Morgan's house. They all hang out in the basement where they're kind of playing on their devices and talking. Their original plan was they were going to stab Peyton in the basement to death, cover her with blankets, and leave together in the middle of the night. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? They would then walk to Nicolette State Forest where they would find Slender Man's palace, and he would be there with open, long, stringy arms to welcome them. Oh, my God. Yeah, and they believed this really hard. But they couldn't do it that night. And, oh, God, oh, I hate this so much. Anissa says, quote, I wanted to give her one more morning. Oh, geez. Yep. I know, I hate that, but it's true. And the next part makes me sad, too. So... They woke up in the morning, and Morgan's mom recalls that they had donuts and strawberries for breakfast. Oh, I hate these details. There's, I know, but they make, they're such, such <laughs> like know, a little I kid know. breakfast. I know. And then they ask Morgan's mom if they can go to the park. Morgan's mom says, of course, you can go to the park. Go ahead. So they go to the park, and they play on the playground because they're children. Right. 
which we have, like, I, I'm saying that so much because it's so easy to just think of them as older than they are, but they're not. So the girls reconvened, and they planned to this time commit their crime in a bathroom so they could lock her in the stall. Oh, God. I know. And this is, this is nuts. This is 100% nuts. Um, Anissa says that she read online, she read a lot about killing people and dead people online, and she read that it was easier to kill someone when they were asleep or unconscious because when you look at a person in the eyes, you can see yourself and you don't want to see yourself dying. Oh. <gasps> yeah. I mean, and it's crazy because I've heard things like that. Have you? Yeah. I had never heard that before, and it was so very unsettling. That's especially super because unsettling. It's, it's like a little kid saying it out yeah. loud. Woo! I did not care for that. So, they close her in the stall. And they're with her, so it must have been like a pretty tight situation. And Anissa says, okay, go to sleep. Yeah, she just oh. told her, you should go to sleep right now. And Peyton said, no, I'm not going to just go to sleep on a toilet in the middle of the day during our play date. That's nuts. So weird. Right. Yeah. So then she gets a little brazen and smacks her in the forehead, bouncing the back of her head off the stall wall. Well, what's the craziest thing about that is they just let it go immediately. I don't know how she played this off. She, they must have been like the best cover right. in the world. Just feeling weird today. Oh, look! So it accidentally that. smacked your head into a bathroom yeah. stall wall after we locked ourselves in there and told you to take a nap. I would be out. I'd be out of there. <laughs> You'd be like, I'd I be love so fast. I love a nap. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> be out. But only in my bed. Gotta yeah. go. Bye. Gotta go. Yeah, it, it sounds a little ridiculous. And the other thing they said was they planned to do it in the bathroom because there was a drain in the floor for the blood. Yeah, well, that's smart. Oh, yeah, it makes sense when you're yeah. going to massacre somebody. Oh, my God, this is so this is so rough. I know, it's t- <laughs> it is tough. That's why I'm, there's, there's a Because there's so much wrong with them, you I know? know? I know. I know, I know. So after they bounced her head off the stall wall, they just got over it real fast and were like, how about we play hide-and-seek? girlfriends. I can't imagine recovering from that that fast, but they do. And Peyton's like, I don't want to play hide and seek in the woods with you people right now. So, so Peyton was still upset about this. No, she just didn't want to play hide and seek. Okay. Yeah. She got over it real quick. I guess they had a great explanation. I have no idea. This is not covered anywhere. It doesn't explain why. And they say, okay, but if you play hide and seek with us, you get to pick the next game. There was that, no next game. Oh my gosh. I but that's how you do it. Yeah, that's I'd how. I'd be like, all right, fine. Yeah, and that's exactly what she did. She and agreed. And I would be dead. <laughs> uh, name of the podcast. <laughs> there it is. So then they agree that Morgan is going to count and seek and that Anissa and Peyton will hide. So Morgan starts counting and Anissa pulls Peyton into the woods to hide. Don't go into the woods. Like, never. Every documentary ever that's about murder has sweeping shots of trees because trees equal murder. Yes. So don't go in the woods. They bring life into this world and they take it away. (laughs) They sure do. Worst. Morgan also didn't want to kill her in the bathroom. She expressed to Anissa that she did not want to do this. She started getting really panicky and she cried. And Anissa said she hugged her and then had to pet her like a cat. 
I mean, that is calming. Right. I'm just going to pet you like a little cat. Yeah. So then this, the same event happens again in the woods. She says, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And she said to Anissa, you have to do it because you know where all the soft spots are. Oh, what? I know. Very gross. Very, very gross. Apparently you got to stab people in the squishy parts. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Is that like? The organs? I mean, I, I don't even know I, if she knows what she's saying. I don't feel like she does because... Is Morgan the one that did a lot of the research or was it... Mm-mm. Okay. No, Anissa did most of the research. So that's, that's why weird. she said, you know where all the soft spots are because you read everything about dead people and the light in their eyes and whatever else is going on. Right. So they kind of grapple back and forth about who's going to do it. And somehow Anissa convinces Morgan that no, she has to do it. Anissa tells Morgan, go ballistic go crazy Mm. okay nothing good ever comes out of that it's a rave it's it's just a rave it's fine it's fine there was glow sticks we're good yeah nope nope that's not what happened so morgan says i'm not gonna go until you tell me exactly when i need to be like reinforced and anisa says now when she says now morgan jumps on peyton wrestles her to the ground puts her knees on her chest and starts stabbing her my God, it's like how they could even do this. How I know. they, yeah. She stabs her, as I mentioned before, 19 times in the torso, arms, and legs. Jeez. Yeah. And after she finishes, and the whole time, um, Peyton is obviously screaming and crying. She's telling the girls she hates them. She says she trusted them. She's asking them why. She's yelling that she cannot see any longer. It's pretty brutal. Yeah. Rough. And the girls finish. Anissa drags her out of the deepest part of the woods towards the road. And she says, okay, stay here. We're going to get you help. What? You what? Just, you just but you stabbed did her. This. I know. And I should also note that they stabbed her with a five-inch kitchen knife. Like, it was a big blade. It wasn't right. little. It was enough to do considerable damage. And one of the wounds was a millimeter away from Peyton's heart. So, oh, so close. Just a, a breath and she would be gone. Which we should also say was their goal. They were trying to kill her. Yeah. Because they thought killing her would, I don't know, gain them Slender Man's favor. Great. So they were found walking down I-94 by Detective Thomas Mormon, M-O-E-R-M-A-N. I'm pronouncing it wrong. He's a cool dude. He found them. He discovered them walking and asked what was going on and what was wrong. And Anissa said, if you, if I told you, you would think we were crazy. Oh, which could be. Yeah. Um, and, and during their walk down I-94, the girls eventually realized a fraction of the gravity that, of the situation that they had just created. Anissa wanted to go home. Morgan mentioned that they absolutely could not go home because they would go to jail. They had to keep walking. So when the police got to them, they were in a heightened state. They weren't as calm as they were earlier. So he took them in, and this is where we come back around to the beginning where they found the girls, and they were interviewed. And it was determined by the court system that they would be tried in adult court because their crime was premeditated. So basically, if you know well enough to plan your murders... You're an adult. Yeah, and that was pretty premeditated. Yeah, I would no, say. It, was, it was super premeditated. And the judge reminds them 
reminds the people in the courtroom so very many times that we not forget that the girl's intent was to kill Peyton. Right. It wasn't just to hurt her. Yeah. It wasn't an accident. It wasn't a game gone wrong. They planned for months and they wanted to kill her. Right. So that should be treated as such, which guilty. I, I told well, I agree with that though. They yeah. did they did plan to kill her, but there were a lot of reasons. Okay. So we're gonna go into the girls now. So once they were in court, they received a full psychiatric evaluation, which was a very good idea. During their trial, the girls were evaluated, as I said, and Anissa was diagnosed with a schizotypal disorder and delusional disorder. She was diagnosed by Dr. Michael Caldwell, PsyD, which is a psychology doctorate, which is the degree I want. Mm -hmm. um, Fancy. Yes. He made a point to say that Anissa is not a psychopath or a sociopath. She just can't tell reality from fiction. Those disorders make make you think the real, the unreal is real. Right. But not in a way you might be just scared of, like it's real. Yeah. So, okay, that adds up, makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. So the bigger reveal over here is that Morgan was diagnosed by Dr. Kenneth Casimir, MD, which means this is a psychiatrist, not a psychologist. We found a medical doctor for her. Right. She was diagnosed as schizophrenic, mm -hmm. which is big, as also having oppositional defiance disorder, which I don't know how much of that I saw. ODD is kids that can't handle authority. They constantly argue, and they argue to annoy you. Okay. They'll say things to push your buttons. With Which girl is this? Um, this is Morgan. Morgan. Mm -hmm. Okay. And as it turns out, Morgan's father is schizophrenic, and schizophrenia is a genetic disorder. Ooh, so there okay. was a high likelihood that she could have it. However, schizophrenia does not usually present until people are a little older. You usually have your first episode when you're around 20. Right. Childhood schizophrenia is way less common. It's super uncommon to find. And her parents could never have really known because... She acted normal. She went to school. She had hobbies. She had a couple friends. She ate and slept and showered and had extracurricular activities in her life and never said anything that raised too many eyebrows. Though her mother did go back to say there were some red flags. Like the ghosts we talked about. Yeah, what about these ghosts? She saw them at night and said that they bit her. Oh, that now, doesn't sound comfortable. No, not at all. We can think, oh, that sounds like a kid being scared and trying not to go to bed. But what it really was, wasn't a hallucination. So she was actually seeing them in her oh room. Oh my God, that's so horrible. I know, it's scary. Oh, yeah. It's a very scary thing, especially yeah. for a kid. Like you, you don't know that that's not real. For schizophrenics, that can be an acquired mindset to understand when you know, I see this, but the rest of the world doesn't see right. that. When you're a kid, there is no differentiating. That's just real because you see it. Right. And for her, that we find out through the psychiatrist that that was a lot of her life. She had a lot of auditory and visual hallucinations. She had a lot of theories that her friends in school, like her acquaintances, I should say, they weren't really friends, were mystical creatures. Like she said, one girl she thought was a Pegasus. Hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she said that she wasn't afraid of going to jail because she would just use 
Vulcan mind tricks because she loves Vulcan. some Star Trek. She loves some Star Trek. <laughs> right. I know. She I like said it. that that would just be able to like remove her from the situation and she would be fine. She would just put herself somewhere else. Okay. And she was she wholly believed these things, which makes me so sad for her because she just really didn't. She really didn't know what was real and what wasn't, and she was. She was actually very, very scared of the consequences of not killing Peyton at that point. Right. She really thought that she had no choice. She well, yeah, especially if they believed in Slenderman. They believed wholly in Slenderman. Yeah. And she really was afraid. So this was basically happened because of the perfect storm of events. Yeah. It was two girls who had a very intense friendship and you know how intense girl friendships can yeah, be for sure and i know i'll get some flack for that probably but girl friendships are and can be extremely intense mm-hmm. they can be encompassing everything is that one person and it's not i'm not i'm not saying it's romantic please nobody think that that's not what i'm saying it's a friendship level but it is intense yeah like i definitely had some intense and like super manipulative friends when i was younger yeah and I mean, it's, you just want friends. You don't want to be alone. No. And so when you find somebody that accepts you, you want to keep them, well, especially port- if you feel isolated. Yeah, it was a port and storm, really. Mm-hmm. So they came together and began what psychologists call a shared delusion, which is when two people learn of the same thing together and their belief is so strong as a team like they it happens together that it becomes real for both of them and it's called <laughs> this is a fun french name folle à deux because it was discovered good thank you i tried really <laughs> really hard um and that means that where two people the delusion catches Okay. So a lot of times one person starts it and the other person gets it and then it bounce, 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 and it becomes a big thing. So in this case, Anissa would have started it and said, here's all this mythology. And she did not know she was giving this mythology to a person for whom it would be very, very real. Right. And dark. It would become like a religion. Right. And their kind was the kind, um, I'm going to say it in English, that is simultaneous which means two people suffer independently from psychosis and they influence the content of each other's delusions so they become strikingly similar. Two people are morbidly predisposed to delusional psychosis, mutually trigger symptoms in each other. So they just made this. There was just no way around something bad not happening yeah. between the two of them. It reminds me a lot of... Uh, the movie, well, it's based on a real case. Have you seen the movie Heavenly Creatures? It's another Kate Winslet movie. I'm like a Kate Winslet person tonight, I know, apparently. I know. Uh, no, I don't think. Okay, or, it's about Pauline. Yes, yes the I two did girls. see that. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's about Pauline Parker and Juliet Hume, a case that we're going to cover in the future because I think it's really interesting, um, where they thought that they, the girls were convinced that they were trying to be separated and they created this whole like magical world where they were princesses it, and that stuff. That was based on a real story? Yes, that's real. They, oh. kill, they killed Pauline's mother. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. So it doesn't, it never goes well yeah. when this happens, I know. basically. When you have two people with pre-existing mental conditions and they share a delusion, it, it rarely ends in like a party. Yeah, no, okay. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, the girls were sentenced um, af- a couple years afterwards. Actually, it took a long time for sentencing to occur. And that was pretty recent, wasn't that? Yes, just... 2017. Okay. They were sentenced. 
Um, they both pled guilty, but were not held responsible for reasons of mental illness. Okay. So they found Anissa technically guilty of second degree murder because she didn't do any of the stabbing. Okay. She just kind of controlled yeah. the events. And she was sentenced to 25 years in a mental health facility. Hmm. So she would be in control of the state until she was 37 or whatever it is, which is not that old. Um, and there, there's opportunity for her release, too. After three years, they reevaluate, and then they'll reevaluate okay. again and again. Maybe if they get her on the right medicine yeah, maybe. or something. I mean, you never I know. I don't know. Um, and Morgan, which this breaks my heart, was sentenced to 40 years because she pled for first-degree murder because mm-hmm. she committed the actual act. Um, and the 40 years was in a state mental health facility as well. Okay. Is it the same one or different? Uh, I don't know. I know they're not supposed to see each other. Okay. The one that was mentioned was Winnebago State Hospital, I believe. Okay. They they actually might... I can't imagine they're both in it because they're not allowed to be around one another. That's, like, conditional. Obviously, they have to be separated. They can't... That's not a thing. Right. Um... What's really interesting is that their their bond was so strong at a time, like the images of them in court, they both have this like little braid in their hair. No. Oh. And like, the, I know it's very weird. It's in like the same spot. It's just like a little piece of their hair is braided and they both have it. There mm-hmm. was no way they could have told each other that was happening. It's just something they both independently did. Yeah. Which kind of made my heart hurt. I know. Besties. I know. Such a little girl thing to do. So, uh, let's talk about Peyton because okay. she deserved to be talked about. Yeah, what's she up to? killing it now. She, uh... Not literally. Oh, God, no. That's a terrible way to put it. No killing. She's succeeding at life. She's a senior in high school. The tables have turned. (laughs) Oh, my. I can never say anything again. I have hives now. (laughs) She is succeeding wildly at life. She's a senior in high school. She's looking at colleges. She's moved past it as much as she possibly can. She's received a lot of therapy. Her whole family has. But obviously she's traumatized. It, yeah. it kind of colored her whole life, this event. That's their family was known as. She now sleeps um, with, behind a locked door with a locked window with a pair of broken scissors under her pillow. Oh, my God. I know. That's very unsafe. That's a, And that's a scared girl. Yeah. It's a very scared girl. But she overcame unimaginable odds and she always says that she doesn't want to be known as the girl who was stabbed. That doesn't, she doesn't want that to be the identifying right. quality of her life, which girl, that's not how I know you. I think no, you're like an yeah. unbelievable, amazing survivor. That's how I see you. Uh, who sure. is living every day to its fullest, taking the world by storm. She even said, oh my gosh, she said in the Nightline interview that I watched that she feels extremely sad and sorry for Morgan's parents. Okay. Because they obviously went through like a really sad, scary ordeal with their child being sick. Yeah. And a lot of people say that Morgan was evil or, or bad in some way. And she said that that's wrong. She tells them that she's not evil. She's someone, she's schizophrenic. She can't she's help sick. what happened to her. Yeah. Which I think like having that kind of compassion after yeah. what happened to you is immense. She's, mm-hmm. it's very mature, but it probably does help her to, yeah. you know, to kind of understand what happened. But that's such a good heart. Though. It is. I love that so much. So, so here's to Peyton. I yeah, think we should here's toast to Peyton. At the end of our 
experience every week, and this week it's Peyton. She overcame unimaginable odds, and chances are, had we traded places with her, we would be dead. Actually fell? Yeah.